All right, as a kid, I used to love when my parents would sit down and play a game with us or do any activity. And right here in our hands, we have the KiwiCo box, which is the activity of all activities for young kids. The colorful chemistry set, to be specific. So with Drew and Jet and Bear, we try to have really intentional playtime. And that's hard because they're all different ages and kind of in different developmental kind of phases of life. I love with KiwiCo that each month we get boxes specific to their ages and kind of like the activity development phase that they're in. So each box, this one's the colorful chemistry set. Um, this has to do with science, but especially with Bear, it can be really hard with a four month old to know like how to interact with him where he needs to be at four months old. And I love in these crates, they actually have cards that say, here are activities or things you can do specific to Bear that will help him identify colors or whatever it is. I love KiwiCo. There's always something new for kids to discover, like learning about the science of ice cream, engineering robots, or doing science experiments, which our kids have loved yes. recently. Sean is currently holding, as she said, the Colorful Chemistry Kit, which has provided hours of entertainment for our kids. They look forward to their new crate every month, and this one kept him really engaged. We got to experiment with mixing oil and water, mixing different colors, and watching how different things react. It was so fun. We basically created our own little chemistry lab with the kids, and we could feel their excitement when they got to play around and mix things together. Plus, it barely made a mess, so it was really quick to clean up and to use again another day. It can be hard to find creative ways to keep your children engaged, challenged, and off their screens, but KiwiCo does the work for you, so you can spend quality time tackling projects together. Redefine learning with play. Explore projects that build confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month of any crate at KiwiCo.com when you use code COUPLE. That's 50% off your first month at KiwiCo.com. Promo code COUPLE. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Couple Things. With Sean and Andrew. A podcast all about couples. And the things they go through. Today, we have... Taylor Kalmus and his wife, Heidi. Yes. You might also know him as the Dude Dad. Yes. And I've been watching the Dude Dad for years. He has millions of fans on Facebook. He's hilarious. And he also just came out with a book called A Dude's Guide to Baby Size. So, which is hysterical. And it's basically written by a comedian, which... Makes me super excited for this interview. I know. We're pumped. Um, I've never met his wife, Heidi, but she's actually maybe even the better part of <laughs> their content. So if you want to find out more about Taylor and Heidi, we'll link their information down below. And also, if you want to buy his book called The Dude's Guide to Baby Size, where he makes hilarious comparisons to how large your child is at certain points of pregnancy, <laughs> you can find that down below as well. So without further ado, let's bring you... This interview with Taylor and Heidi. Taylor, Heidi, pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Super thanks excited for, to be here. Thanks for having us. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have a lot going on. Uh, I was just telling, actually, Heidi, before we got going here, that you live in a in a similar town that my my friends do, and you are like living legends out there. So, oh, that's cool. Uh, I'm a fan from afar, but also you're just impacting your community, which is which is great to see. So excited to have the conversation. But you have a lot going on. So you have uh, a TV show, Taylor. Yes. You got you got your social media, which is one of my favorite accounts. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, you have three kids together. And now you just came up with the book. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to figure out where should we start this conversation. <laughs> um, That's like how I start every let's talk morning. With, what let's... do I do today? <laughs> and then I end up not doing anything and I just get one more day behind on everything. Yeah. <laughs> that that would be me if it weren't for mm -hmm. him. I, I'm the kind of person where I'm like, 
I just want to like hang out with the kids today. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. <laughs> I like to just fill my day with little things and don't do the big thing I'm supposed to do. And just like, oh, well, I've got that. I got that interview and I've got that meeting. And then, oh, I got to answer that email. And then, oh, eh, it's four o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oops, here we are. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I would love to start hearing the story of how you two met. Mm. Do you remember when you first saw me? Uh, yeah, there was zero interest. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for that. (laughs) Yeah, uh, we were going to the school in South Dakota called the University of Sioux Falls. And, Sure, um, you've heard of it. Yeah. 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 Um, but they, so I was a senior that year and he was a junior and, um, I had this I did the, the school play that year for the first time because I'd never done like a school production before. So I was like, I'm almost done with my entire school career. I should probably experience this one time in my life. And I did. And I met this girl and she was, we just would talk about the most random things when we're supposed to be rehearsing. We would just be like in the back talking about stuff. Anyways, she was also, that. yeah, she was also in the theater <laughs> production or in the uh, a theater, theater major, department, theater yeah. department like Taylor. And she wanted me to do this one act. And I was like, I am not doing a one act. Like, I'm not an actor. Like, I'm just, no. And she was like, no, I think this will be really fun. It's just going to be a two-man per, two man show. It'll be you and my friend Taylor. He's coming back from what? L.A., so let's just do it. And I was like, fine, whatever. So I already kind of had this, like, bad attitude about, like, well, I don't really want to do this. And then <laughs> he, like, just gets back from doing a semester in L.A. of film studies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was in L.A. for one semester, so I came back, and I, like, literally on the drive home, the 24-hour drive, I get a call from our friend Ashley that's like, hey, I'm doing this directing play, you're going to be in it with my friend Heidi. And I was like, all right, cool, that's, that sounds like fun, let's do it. So I meet him, and he colored his hair orange, because he's trying to be... I had, I, had, I was, <laughs> California, bleach blonde hair, going for it. Stop. Yeah, right? I looked awful. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> That looks stupid. So, so yeah. So we're like, we meet, and the like first interaction I have with them. So my sister has a baby the day before we're supposed to like have our first rehearsal, and so I'm like, late, late. Wow. And it's just you two in this play. So he calls me three minutes past when I'm supposed to be there, and he's like, "Where are you?" And I was like, "Oh my gosh, who are you?" Like, first of all, how'd you get my number? And second what? Like, we're off to a great start. Great. So excited to meet you. Let's do this. So also you bleach your hair, bro. So don't be coming yeah. at me with punctuality. <laughs> yeah. Hey. So, um, so we go, but, uh, get to the rehearsal. And actually I, I had a lot of fun. I was like, Oh, you know what? He's really good at this. This could be really easy. Um, and this will be a lot of fun. So then we did have a lot of fun doing that. And did then you, you got, you got to tell him the contents of the play. Because this is the weirdest part of it. Like our friend Ashley was is a little eccentric. And this is a this is a Christian college, a Christian like college, small a Christian small college, small Christian college. And our friend Ashley is like, I'm gonna put this play on, and it's about like this dude who's cheating on his wife with a prostitute. And the play opens <laughs> with us. The play opens with us duct tape back to back in our underwear. In our underwear, and we'd just gotten robbed. What? But hold on a minute. Everyone knows that finding the perfect t-shirt with like the quality and the fit is near impossible. 
I told you guys that I found Skims while I was pregnant, and now postpartum, I found the best nursing bra known to mankind from Skims. Well, they've outdone themselves again because they now have the perfect t-shirt, especially postpartum with a changing body. I can guarantee you, you won't find a t-shirt like it. I love also that Skims has a fit for everyone from the long t-shirts to the cropped. They truly have like sizes and qualities and styles for every single thing you could want. So the cotton jersey t-shirt is the one that I'm talking about. It is an absolute staple. I feel like I'm reaching for it literally every day, especially nursing with bear. It's breathable and soft and it somehow gets even softer and still holds its shape after every wash. If I could only recommend two of the Skims t-shirts, I would say the cotton jersey t-shirt, which I have in mineral, or the boyfriend t-shirt, literally in any color, are probably my two favorite t-shirts that they make. Shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small to 4X. After you place your order, select podcast in the drop-down menu, select couple things to let them know we sent you. Have a good one. Today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Babe. Yes, darling. I can feel fall coming and I am so excited. Me too. I feel like fall where we live here in Nashville is the best time of year, but I'm also a little scared because cooler months means cold season is coming. Yeah, and with the kids in school, we are really making sure we're getting in our extra AG1 these days. That's right. I put one scoop of AG1 in my water each morning, which gives me 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start the day. It is truly the best, and it also supports better sleep quality and recovery. And as a mom, I'll take any of that that I can get. Ditto. Their special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, focus, and aging. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash eastfam. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash eastfam to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Let's get back to it. So, I mean, we were like in our, you know, in our Christian underwear. So like, you know, t-shirt, you know, shorts kind of a situation. Yeah. Right. But, um, but then like, <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell a story. There's like parts in the play where Heidi had to like fake an orgasm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like, I'm, when I say it back, I'm like, what? What so was this? What is this? But that's anyway, how we met. So it's that's important how we met. That, like, it's important to know. But you know what? That catapulted us into the next piece because first of all, someone told me that I, because I was like, I'm not doing this play. And she was like, no, you can do this play because you are going to find the things that you love about people that you find unlovable. Wow. Number one, and you're going to be that. Number two, it helped me understand like pieces of people who are forced in, into this lifestyle and then that was my career for 10 years. I worked with traffic victims, mm. domestic sex traffic victims in the United States for 10 years. So there you go. very awkward Dang. start, but a very but that's full that's life afterwards. Wow. So. I thought that got real deep real quick, Heidi. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's <laughs> what she You're welcome. It's so, like takes it real fun and light. And then she's like. <laughs> no. So overall, you're glad you did the play at the end of the day, Heidi? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But he was so funny because he was like, you know, I'm really good at coming up with things to do. And I was like, yeah, let's see it. And he's like, okay, I'm going to pick you up tonight at nine. And I was like, there's no way I'm going out with this guy by myself. So I made my best friend come with us to our first date. 
and we went luge boarding down the hills of Sioux Falls. Wait, what that's a incredible. freaking legend you are, T. Right? <laughs> I mean, so. how many other guys took you street luging? Zero. <laughs> but here's the thing. Guess what shoes she showed up in? <laughs> what? Like flip-flops? Gucci's. Gucci. Yeah. Flip-flops. Okay. I don't know what was. I was like, like literally the worst shoe you yeah, could. Yeah, tear your feet apart probably. Dang. Yeah. 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 But I did. Wait. You were safe. Did you just have a luge sitting around or was this on a skateboard? We made one. We made a couple. Of course of you them. did. Wait, is that where like the DIY project started? Or has that been like a part of your life, your whole life? That's a, kind of a part of my life. It was like something that, you know, I grew up on a on like an acreage in the middle of nowhere in South Dakota. So like, you know, we didn't have like arcades or movie theaters or like things to do. So we just kind of had to make our own fun. And my dad uh, sells construction equipment. So we always had like a plethora of tools around. And so me and my brother kind of just, you know, started making stuff. Dang, that's impressive. I could see, I mean, I'm curious how this progresses then. Cause your first date is like, were you playing the, the adultering husband, Taylor? Was you I were playing what? in the, in the theater play. Yeah. You were the, yeah, were the, exactly. so, I mean, that's, you know, out of the gate, a, t- a tough role to kind of walk into and be like, Hey, I'm serious about a relationship even given this. So then you do the first date. How did things progress from, from there with you two? Oh, slowly. Well, it was slow for a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, you're in your last, well, I was in my last year of college and he's trying to figure out who he's in love with. I don't know. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> there's a bunch of, bunch of drama along the way, but you know, so there was there one was, day we yeah. almost broke up and I was like, you know what? Uh, let's talk about this. So we went to Perkins. Love Perkins. Let me, yes. Right. Let Giant me, flag. Let me tell you how he tried to break up with me. He tried to play me the song, Don't Stop Believing. (laughs) I love this. Don't Stop Believing. (laughs) And I was like, what are you doing? I mean, I I guess the joke joke still on me because I was the one that was like, we're not breaking up. that's That's the funny thing is like, here I am doing this idiotic thing to break up with you. And you're like, yeah, no, I want to stay with this guy. <laughs> this seems like a legit relationship. Oh, I want to stick this out, see yeah. where this goes. But I was so mad at him for a few of the things that had led up to this moment that I was like, we're going to go to Perkins and we're going to be in public because neither one of us can really scream at each other then. And then I just basically laid it out of like, look, this is what you've been doing the last couple of months that is stupid. That I don't like that. I don't appreciate it. It's not okay. And then he was like, all right, cool. Uh, thanks for letting me know. So I guess we're both going to give us the best shot. And then we did. And then here we are. Here the you remember? History. Wait, and then how did the proposal go? Oh, the proposal was super cute. So that was three years later um, in, in, oh, Fargo. in Fargo, North Dakota, where I grew up. So um, he had moved away to Los Angeles and I had stayed back in where we met in Sioux Falls. For a year. For a yeah. year. And I think like a lot of people would maybe not make it through that but I think that really saved us because it was you know the heart makes or distance makes the heart grow fonder but we also were um both kind of pursuing our own things and so um so we kind of really knew who we both were by the time we rejoined and, and I moved to LA we both really knew who we were and what we wanted and yeah that there was 
we didn't, neither one of us are feeling like we missed out on anything. So yeah, it works. Let me ask this. Cause okay. So Taylor's pursuing acting and mm-hmm. then Heidi gets inspired to work in like the sex trafficking. Uh, how do I say that? Right. Sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anti HT field. Yeah. Two, you know, different, mm-hmm. <laughs> different vibes there. Uh, how, how are you navigating that? I, I mean, I feel like, you know, we kind of balance each other out because Heidi's um, job and career was so heavy that like just kind of the silliness and the lightheartedness of what I was doing helped kind of balance her out. But at the same time, you know, both take an incredible amount of motivation and drive to continue to pursue every single day. Mm. So, I mean, having somebody alongside you who's also aspiring to something and working on something, you know, sort of like helped us both push forward, I think. Yeah. I don't know. But we also weren't in, in, in each other's fields at all. So there was zero competition. Yeah at all to you know get on each other's skin or be like i wouldn't do it that way you know or whatever it was there wasn't any of that it was just a lot of encouragement on both ends so yeah yeah heidi's like the best support system you could ever (laughs) ask for because she just like just you know is there and helpful and you know makes you feel good about what you're doing even if what you're doing is is bleaching your hair no, she's not, not everything, <laughs> not everything. Yeah. But she'll let, well, and that's where she'll like, she'll be helpful at redirecting and being like, Hey, maybe this video is a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you guys get married. How old's your oldest kid? Six. Six. Wow. Okay. So you guys go down this route of like, you're married, you're starting a family, when down that road did you kind of leave the acting world? I guess you never really did to a certain extent and started like your own um, entrepreneurial kind of thing within your household. I know the moment. Um, well, I mean, it, it happened gradually, but I know the time frame um, that it happened because I, I Heidi doesn't know this, but I'm currently editing a video about it. Um, and like the video is basically about like um, how Heidi is such a huge part of what I do because of who <laughs> she is and how she um, has supported me over the years. Um, but there's one particular moment. It was like a year into Dude Dad. So we were a year into making videos and um, at the time I was an apartment manager and then I lost my job as an apartment manager because the, like the owner sold the building and then the new company came in and they had their own people. So they're like, you don't have a job anymore and you need to move. Get out of here. You know, they, they did. They came and, and told us you had to be out 24 hours. Yeah. They told us 24 hours. hours? Yeah. yeah. We're like, no, that's not, that's not, not a thing. thing. <laughs> You're not doing that. We, we have, have a one year old. Like, no. what are you doing? Uh. You know? So we pushed back, but anyway, it was a very like traumatic time. So like, you know, not only did I have to go find a new place for us to live, I also no longer had a job. So I had to find a new job to make more money. Heidi changed, changed nonprofit jobs so she could make a little bit more money. We were like dead broke. Like our <laughs> first year of marriage, we made $25,000 collectively. <laughs> Like just in LA, in, in LA. yeah. Oh like God. granted our rent was free. So that helped, but still like nothing. 
So then I got a job working set construction. So I'm working construction every week along with, um, you know, putting out a new do debut every single week. And at the time I'm still like writing, producing, editing, acting, all of it myself, no one, no help, you know, other than just friends occasionally. And then also still trying to audition, you know, keep myself available to make all the auditions. And it was like way too much to handle. I couldn't do it anymore. And I was like, you know, just burning it at both ends. And, and then we found out Heidi was pregnant. <laughs> With a second. Oh my gosh. With a second. So she's pregnant. And <laughs> so the, there's a lot going on. I couldn't handle it anymore. And I finally broke down to Heidi and I was like, I have to quit something. This is too much. Can't do all this. And without any hesitation, she looked at me and said, you can't quit dude, dad. And that was crazy because at the time we had like no following and it made no money, but she knew that there was something more there and she believed in me when I didn't believe in me. So, and that was it because like, then I look back on that. I'm like, well, what did I cut out? And it was acting. I like slowly stopped going to auditions when they were all the way across town and it was going to wreck my whole day, you know, when, I had other things planned to get a video shot or like a new little brand deal that came in that was worth 800 bucks, you know? <laughs> so I stopped going to auditions and eventually my agent just dropped me. And so I look back and I'm like, oh, Heidi convinced me to quit acting. <laughs> wow. Sorry. <laughs> no, but, you, but like it was the best thing ever because it was the path that led us to where we are now and I wouldn't trade this for anything. Are you looking for a short, educational, and entertaining podcast your kids can listen to while you cook dinner, fold laundry, or just need a few minutes to yourself? Then check out Mysteries About True Histories by Starglow Media. It's so, so cute. I listened to a few episodes, and when it was over, I was like, dang, that was really fun. It's made by the creators of the hit podcast Who Smarted and the Netflix show Brainchild, so these people know what they're doing. As a little background info, every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time, packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning really cool. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and more. So it's perfect for kids ages six and up. There's a new episode every Thursday, each filled with so much laughter that your kids won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Dang, dude, that's, I mean, you just said it in a handful mm -hmm. of sentences, but I know, and clearly through the emotion, like acting mm -hmm. seemed like it was the goal for probably years, yeah. maybe decades, right? And so for that to be the thing that gets phased out, mm -hmm to make room for something there's that's so powerful. And I know there's a lot of pain and depth to that. And I was just reflecting uh, the NFL draft just happened. And so like, I, I, w I was just doing that same reflection process of like, dude, the NFL, that's what I wanted. I wanted football so bad. And I thought that's what I thought that was, was best for me. But then now I look back and it's like, you don't have, you want it. You don't want it any other way. And like I got hurt and beat up through that whole process and it stunk sometimes, but like it's good now. Things are good. So. Well, and Heidi, relating to you, it's so hard. It's so hard as a spouse because there's so many times like you're almost an outsider. You have an outsider's perspective on your spouse because you see what they're going through. 
And there's been so many times from both of us where you get into those ruts where you're like overwhelmed and there's too much and you're like, I don't know what to offload. And we've even have, we've even had conversations before where he'll say, I'm going to quit this. And I'm like, no, 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 that's the wrong one. Like, I, I know that's the wrong one because it means too much to you, but you think it's someone you need to get rid of. And it's, that's a really hard position to be in as a spouse. Cause you kind of have to like show support and like, it's almost like reverse psychology to a certain extent. <laughs> You're like, I support you in everything, but maybe like try this one a little bit more. But Heidi, what, what, what was it about dude dad that you, that you didn't want Taylor to give up? I mean, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't making any money, but like the small amount of people that were responding to like how the, like the very beginnings of it was just him talking about being a dad and um, like the experiences in little tiny moments. And I was like, who talks about this? Like what dad is out there talking about his emotions and then having other dads and moms like respond back with their, their own experience and relating so well. And I was like, you know, there's a thousand things in the world that you can do, but like when you find this, the spot where you're going to be able to be so relatable and connected to humans, like, you know, that's, that's unmatched. So I was like, there's nothing that comes close to, to that. And you wow. can make all the money in the world, but if you're not relating or connecting anybody or being, you know, then what are you doing? Preach. Preach. <laughs> Dang. Okay. So what was it about? Uh, how did you stumble into like do dad as the even topic of what your videos were about? Why, why that? Why not like... It could be anything else that you were talking about, but you chose dad. I mean, I've been making YouTube videos since I was like really little. Um, like <laughs> Some there's, of them are funny. Yeah, when we used to, me and my brother started this channel called, well, it wasn't a channel because it wasn't chan. <laughs> this was before YouTube even happened. I was like nine and we created our own mad TV and we called it bad TV. It was really bad. But like one of my favorites was Clint Eastwood in Hang Em Low. <laughs> And like, it's me playing Clint Eastwood. And I like, I like, I don't know, wrangle this guy down and then I hang him, but he has to hold his feet up. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so stupid. Anyway, um, so I've been making videos, you know, from when I was little, but I did a bunch more in college, but I like always had an appetite for making my own content because I knew how to edit and, and all the things, you know, and then, uh, and, you know, as an actor, you kind of just have to continually stay creative, you know, because if you sit around and just wait for the next project that you get invited to be in, you might never do anything, you know. Um, so I had like tried starting a sketch channel a couple of times with a few different people and it just never worked very well. And I've always found out felt like I was doing like most of the work. So when I found out how he was pregnant, I was like, okay, I don't know how much longer we can stay in Los Angeles. It's way too expensive. It's not good for families. I might have to give up this dream, but maybe I can still like make videos and have a creative outlet. And, you know, there's all these mom like blogs and people making videos about mom stuff, you know, and they're doing, they're killing it. Maybe I could be like the dad version of that. Um, so that's when I came up with Dude Dad. I loved, I actually love the name Rad Dad, but I'm like, everyone's using that. I need something new. So I came up with the next closest thing, which was <laughs> Dude Dad. 
And, uh, and I just started making videos primarily about fatherhood as just sort of like a way to give myself a genre. And uh, little did I know that like, I was like on the front end of a wave that was about to happen with culture and fatherhood and fathers being, you know, more involved. And like, there's all this stuff about like, um, father paternity leave now. And like, just like, you know, I was just got on the front of that thing. And there was like a few other like sort of big fatherhood giants in the social media space. And, but like, I knew how to make videos and they didn't. So slowly like and you were doing brand deals for those yeah i started yeah exactly and i yeah i started collaborating with some of them at one point one of them like stole my whole thing (laughs) and i had to like do a cease and desist and everything and like it was a yeah yeah um they just like like copied the format and then called it dude to dad and i was like (laughs) what is this you know (laughs) it was crazy and like and I was I wasn't big enough to really fight much yet I was just like now there's this corporation that has all of these like um tools and you know people to like resources resources to make my thing so much better and they like there it was like their their editing was so much sharper and crisper and everything but at the end of the day like and you know, I had like a few good people in my life, you know, including Heidi, but like my mentor at the time was like, yeah, but they don't have you like the, you know, you're the gold. You need to just keep doing your thing and forget about them, you know? So anyway, wow. I don't, I don't remember the question. <laughs> How did you get yeah. to? Yeah. I, I am curious though, with like content creation, especially the kind of empire you've created, it can be very, very consuming we all are very aware that content creation can literally be a full-time job times a hundred. I love it so much though, dude. I freaking love it. But go ahead. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Because on top of you could just create and create and create and never stop. You're, you're technically dictating your own hours. You you could work all day and never stop and never create enough content on with the internet Um, because your content is fatherhood because everything around um, what you post is about giving back as a father and like all the morals behind it. How do you balance teaching and sharing content that is so good around fatherhood, but also being a good father? That's, that's a great question. And it's something I, you know, kind of struggled with for a little bit. Um, but it and is I something think we talk it, about often. It is. And not all of our stuff is about fatherhood now. There's a lot of, you know, there's yeah. a lot of stuff that's just about like marriage and stuff. And we found that, you know, the comedy path was easier because sometimes like it's hard to be insightful every week <laughs> and have something like thoughtful and profound to say every week. I don't know how pastors do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think they yeah. just bank on the fact that only half the parishion is listening each week. Um, <laughs> but uh um no but it is something that's an element that i've used to keep myself honest you know that like if i put out a video you know that shows me in one way i i really take that to heart and go like okay if this is who i'm telling people i am i need to be that person so then when i'm not being that person like it hurts and i have to like keep myself in check you know, but I also, I think the other part of it is, is like, um, you know, 
in those videos where we like, you know, really talk about stuff or even just in stories and stuff, like I try to be very like honest about my struggle, you know, because I think that's more of what it's about is like showing the vulnerability and, and who we are and, and that it's hard for us too, and not painting it like we're this pretty picture with everything. It's like, like an Instagram feed, you know? Like you only show the good things, right? So, you know, trying to show the bad things too and being like, hey, uh, I had a shouting match with my kid today in the yard and I'm super nervous and my kids all heard it or all my, my neighbors all heard yeah. it, you know? Okay, so question uh, for, for you, Heidi. So you, you make these comedy sketches together, <clears throat> but I, there are certain instances where it seems like Heidi's featured, you know, as the mom or the female, but then there's other instances where Taylor just says, I'm going to do both. I'm going to, I'm going to dress up. And how do you delineate between those two? How do you figure, figure that out? Well, sometimes it's really just about my availability. If I was available <laughs> that day, uh, but that's time, for sure. Yeah. That's part of it. But other times it's when he's going to, when he, he needs to make the jokes and I'm not going to make them, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So he'll dress, he'll play me. I mean, yeah, there's all, all of the, my wife be likes are just, they're meant to make fun of, but also in a, a fun way to be like, see, this is funny. Like you can laugh at this, right? This is funny. Yeah. So, but you know, when, if you feel like you're being made fun of in some ways, then you're less likely to like deliver like the way it needs to be delivered to be relatable, you know? So, and I can get way too much into my head when we're like filming stuff. Like if there's anything that's like a super emotional scene, I have a, like a really hard time with that. Um, like he has to, he has to uh, basically act it out for me so that I can like give him the performance that he needs or yeah. like the bit that he needs. Cause I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing there's that. A Sounds familiar over here. Yeah, I don't know how much actual footage there is, but anytime like Heidi does a really emotional scene, there's a clip right before that of me doing it <laughs> to be like, look, do it like this. Come up here. You're going to fall down the stairs. You're like, I can't do it. <laughs> and then, and then, and then cry. And then I'm like, okay. yeah, it's just, it's like a literal, like talking yourself up in my mind to be like, okay, just, just do it. Just don't think about it too hard. And go for it and just do it. And then he always uses those takes. We go through that same thing. Oh, Sean, yeah. I, I like, I have so many ideas where I'm like, Sean, I just, I just need you to like act a little bit. And she's, I'm like, she's no. like, I'm not acting at all. You can't give me to act <laughs> at all. So anyway, those ideas die, but what were you about to say? She always nails it eventually though. And the thing that Heidi's really good at is, is just being herself. So like, yeah. And like reacting, she's really good at reacting in the moment and making it feel authentic. Even if she already, like, even if it's the second take and she already knows what the bit is, you know, or what the prank is or whatever, she can come in and give us an, another like clean reaction that feels really real. Um, and that's why we've like, you know, it is easier if I just play her because I know exactly what I want and want to get, but also then we can have more fun with it because then it becomes a perspective thing of like, this is how I see my wife. That's why it's my wife be like, and not moms be like, yeah. because it gives you that perspective of like, Oh, this is how the husband sees his wife, you know, 
But then it also gives us that second video where Heidi gets to watch the video and react to it. And we found people like those just as much as the first video. Yeah. Funny. Dang. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sean and I have been open about our journey with marriage counseling, and it's been really helpful for us. We all carry around different stressors, both big and small, and it's important to sort those out so they don't affect your relationships. I agree, and therapy is such a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. We've been meeting with a therapist individually and as a couple, and it's been a great way to sort through any stressors in the week and have better communication about how we're feeling, which is hard to do when you're busy with kids. BetterHelp is an incredible option if you're thinking of giving therapy a try. It's all online, so it's convenient and flexible with your schedule. It's also nice that you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, so you make sure it's a good fit for you. We would highly recommend trying it out. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash EastFam today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash EastFam. So playing off of the question that I asked about, like, protecting almost like Instagram versus reality, your YouTube fatherhood versus fatherhood. Um, with my wife be like, with the storytelling, with the comedy acts, with showing your family, your kids, how do you protect your marriage and your family? I know we've we've interviewed a lot of different people within this space of content creation that, that share their life. And a lot everybody has a different take on it. But are there boundaries? Are there conversations? Are there working hours are there are there things that you guys have put in place to kind of protect your relationship and your family uh i think that there's some like and there's some just naturally built in like um as far as like hours and times um because our kids are are really they're not i'm not going to say needy they're just kids at night and they want to be with mom and dad so um and i don't have enough attention span to be able to like focus on them and something else at the same time. Like this morning, Taylor wanted to go, wanted to like list off some things and he wanted to like have this conversation about this thing. And I was like, I, I literally can't right now. I like, I hear everything that the kids are doing and I'm like, so f I'm making breakfast, but I'm also so focused and can hear every single word they're saying to each other that I literally won't be able to hear a word that you say. So some of it's just built in of like what our kids need. And at night, like our daughter, needs to sleep with us. She wants us to lay with her. It's kind of a non-negotiable for her going to bed. Um, and I don't care. I, I love that moment with her. And so, um, so I'm not available at that time. And like, that's just kind of, he already has feelings about that, but that's just kind of like where some things lie is like just whatever our kids need. Um, and because I, my own capacity just can't keep up with two worlds at once but that's just naturally built in. And our son calls him out all the time because he's starting to want to play on his own iPod and all the things. Mm -hmm. So, so we've put time limits on like what he can, how long he can be on, And he'll be like, well, dad was on his phone. Dad's on his phone. Why is, why does he get to be on his phone more? And I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Dad. Why are you on your phone right now? Why are you on your phone? You know? Because <laughs> so, I'm paying for your college. Kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but there's just some built in stuff like that where he's watching and I'm like, seriously. And like Taylor will just be like finishing an email or having to respond to something. I'm like, I get it, but you really have to put it down now. You like, you have to set it down because he's looking at you wondering why you're there and not with him, you know? Yeah. But I, so. there, I think there is also like in terms of content, there's there's not too many boundaries of what we won't talk about 
you know, with our relationship with our kids, maybe a little bit more. Yeah. And if sure. there, and, and if there is something that we don't want to talk about in a relationship, it's almost instinctive that we know that we shouldn't, you know, but for the most part, like, I feel like we've gotten pretty comfortable with being very open. And I, I'm proud of that because like, I think the more vulnerable we are, the more um, real we are, the more relatable we are, the more it helps other people with whatever they're dealing with, you know, if they see us dealing with it and having that, you know, fight or that issue that they can like go, oh, okay, me and my wife aren't, you know, get self-destructing right now. Like mm -hmm. a lot of couples go through this. Yeah. But I think the other piece is that um, nothing goes unsaid between the two of us. So usually by the time it's to camera or that, yeah. you know, it's gotten brought up, we already know where the other one stands on it. And we've already had a little bit of discussion. Yeah, so like it's the, not yeah. like attacking well, and like each other. You know? The spouse fights videos. Like we, we've done two different videos now where it's like top five spouse fights. So we've had 10 different fights now. Every single one of those is a legitimate real fight that we <laughs> have ongoing. Right. Like it's, yeah. and you know, and I write them and, you know, make sure I show them to Heidi and stuff. But <laughs> the, I think the reason it works is that I make sure in the writing process that I'm showing her, that I'm giving a solid representation to her point of view and a solid representation of my point of view. <laughs> so the audience can decide what their point of view is, but no one looks like no one looks more insane than the other person, yeah. you know, yeah. like we both look, insane or whatever you want to call it yeah i'm just thinking back to the last time we did one because we were writing it and we've like gotten a fight about writing it and i'm like Dude. he's like this is this is it this is perfect this is it <laughs> let's do it get the we're camera that's one of andrew's favorite questions to ask people is we'll be on like double dates and he's like What's your like number one fight? No, 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 and no. We've, I asked it one time and then I realized that it's the wrong question to ask. Because it's cause, never resolved. Because, yeah, those fights are ongoing. Yes. Yeah. How can we have an awful night this year? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Enjoy your fight. Well, Good hanging. A funny story is the one couple he did ask, it was like, it was almost as if that, that argument just picked straight back up. <laughs> And it was like they just went cold to each other for the rest of the night. We're like, oh shoot! It was Sorry. yeah. It was regarding we were having like such good conversation, just yeah. like you know, it was just awesome night. And then I was like, so what? What would you say your biggest fight? I don't know what. I'm an idiot. Like that's why I asked a question. And they were like, it was actually regarding the Sabbath and should you. Oh shoot. What was it? Like, should it be fully a day of rest or like not? And that was, that was their biggest fight. And so like, they were like, yeah, it's, you know, it's about how seriously we should take this app. They're like, what do you mean? Take it seriously. It's in the butt. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Okay. All right. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I'm curious, Taylor, what, what is your creative process? Do you have like a process or a practice? Uh, I'm way too tight B. Um, <laughs> but so like, the way I've kind of like tried to explain it to my team and I, and everyone, you know, kind of has to learn to go with the flow. Um, and, and when I have, you know, I have my, my two best friends, DJ and Burke who are helping now as well. And, and they'll come up with ideas and write stuff as well. But the videos that get made the quickest are the ones where something happens between us or, you know, we see something or, you know, the kids do something crazy and I'm inspired with an idea. And then like, when I have an idea that I like, I 
can't stop until it's done, mm-hmm. you know? Very true. Um, when I'm not sure how to get the idea off the ground, it will take a long, you'll, you'll drag me kicking and screaming to, to finish it, you know, or to figure it out, you know? And that's where like DJ comes in like handy. Like I have like this golf analogy where DJs are really good, like driver, right? Where he can hit the ball down the fairway and get the round started. And then Burke is my caddy because he can help kind of figure out how to get the thing done. And then I'm there just trying to make decisions along the way and they're helping me get there. And then we get the whole thing shot and then DJ puts it in. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I book recommendation. um, And then we'll talk about your book, but the war of art talks, it's a really interesting take on the creative process. And I I'm taking you as a creative type, so you might enjoy it. But speaking of books, let's talk about your new book coming out in May a it's dude's guide to baby go. size. Let's go. By the way, phenomenal name. I love that name. Thank you. I'm I'm glad you do because I've uh I've uh, had sleepless nights wondering if it was the wrong name. <laughs> no, I love it. Okay. So, cool. So let me just I think this is a, a take from your trailer that you made on it, which I loved so much. Very well done. But it says it's all about a dude's relate like, you know, there's a bunch of books about um their baby's development and comparing them to a raspberry or a stock of broccoli. But you say, first of all, your baby is not some wimpy little vegetable. Your baby is like a hardcore little lug nut who's straight up growing organs on a weekly basis, <laughs> which I feel like gives a good take on what the book yeah. is. But, but what was the inspiration behind this? Um, essentially that, like we were pregnant with Juno at the, she was pregnant with Juno at the time. <laughs> um, and I was there and <laughs> And there was just, I just kept noticing all these apps and, and stuff talking about lug nut or about vegetables and fruit and compared to how size, how big your baby was. And I was like, what the hell's a kumquat? Like, I don't know what that is. That's, that's zero relevance to me. I'm like, there needs to be a version of this that's for men. So I came up with the idea back then. I started writing it. And then I was like, I don't know how to get a book published. Let's just shelf this idea and maybe someday it'll come back around. And then, uh, God, it's been a couple of years ago now mm-hmm. when I got like an opportunity with a, a book agent who then connect me with Penguin, Penguin Random House mm-hmm. and uh, my editor, Andrew, who just so happened to be like a huge fan of mine. And his wife was pregnant while we were writing the book. Wow. So like, it was just like a perfect scenario um, but originally it was going to just be like a coffee table book that had like a picture and a page, you know? Yeah. Um, and then they pushed it further than that. So it became, you know, it goes way past pregnancy. So now like the first chapter basically like tells you what's happening with the baby and with the mom, which I think is amazing because I think as, you know, expecting dads, like we see our wives going through all this stuff and we're like, uh, do you need pickles or ice cream? Or, you know, like that's the only thing we know. Um, but to have like, you know, information that is written for guys to help understand what they could be doing during this time, other than just being on the sidelines is huge. Um, but then after that, so the first, you know, paragraph of each chapter kind of like gets that out of the way. And then after that, it uses the item to sort of dive into a story that I have from my past as a, as a dad, or even from my childhood, 
um, that relates to the item, but, you know, is, uh, that uses the item to, you know, to jump off into like a story time about like a fatherhood lesson. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really just like a great way to just get, you know, new dad's minds, you know, turning about like, okay, what is this going to be like? What, you know, what should I be doing right now? What should I be thinking about right now? What kind of dad do I want to be? You yeah, know, because again, there's not very many things out there for dads to learn how to connect emotionally to that process. Mm-hmm. Not at all. You know, so or even just prep and like be thinking about or being inspired. You know, but the book is not—it's not that big, you know. And so, like, we we went to the Olive Garden the other night and did the live from Olive Garden because he talks about Olive Garden in there. But um, chapter people- twenty-four, your baby is now the size. Wait, this is twenty-four. Uh, I think so. Okay. I forget. Now the size of a bowl of Olive Garden soup and breadsticks. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a way better reference point than an eggplant, which I've never seen a, a, a grown eggplant in my life. Well, and all have different oh, egg, eggplants are all different sizes. Week 25, I'm sorry. They're very close. But people were replying and they were like, well, my husband's not going to read. And I was like, well, read it to him. Also, we have yeah. an audiobook. Yeah. You know? and audiobooks like, are great because then, because that's that how long. I do it too. I, I'm an audiobook guy. Yeah. Heidi, as a mom of three, having gone through three pregnancies, have you read it? And are thing like, would you agree that everything's side by side? Because I, I do believe that was one of the hardest things with our daughter, our first baby, is as a first dad, you have no idea. One, as the wife or spouse to like communicate how I need help and support and two, how to like explain what's going on and how to prepare because books literally only tell the mom like, oh, you should probably start thinking about this. So I think that's really, really cool. Yeah. Um, so I, d- I have read the whole book with him. He read it all out loud that's to awesome. me through different, different days, doing dinner, after dinner, after Usually bedtime, while she's sitting in the sitting bath. in the bathtub, you know, all the things. So I have heard all of it. All the stories are really great and relatable. And um, yeah, I think it, it does do a great job at, I mean, it's not going to go into all the details that a woman yeah. needs to know about her body. Cause that's, that's not the point of the book, but it does do a good job of giving a good perspective of what's going on. And then, yeah, like how to connect to the process. And he does give ideas I, I can't remember it's every chapter, but there's one chapter in particular where there's like, what, 12, 10 to 12 different action items that you can take right now to mm-hmm. help your, to help the baby's mama. Yeah, That's there's, awesome. yeah, it's, a, yeah. there's a lot of, there's, I think, yeah, probably every, like, there's probably four or five times um, where there's like, Here's just gives ideas do. of what you can do or what you can be thinking about. Yeah. So who can, cause there, yeah, there is advice on how to help the mom to be Heidi, Did that advice come from you or is that more tailored spot inspired? I think it's both. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there was a couple of things that he read to me. I'm like, no, mm-mm. <laughs> yeah. take that out. I just, the, to the wives who say their husbands won't read, I disagree. There's just not a lot to your point, Heidi, of material meant for husbands on on this subject so it's like i would read the heck out of this book um you know like because it's targeted towards me and i've already i've already recommended this book to yeah. a handful of our friends we have so many friends we who are like pregnant right now eight friends pregnant which is crazy it's awesome yeah. but like you're right because reflecting back on when sean was pregnant with 
Drew, our first, it's like the the guy wants to be supportive. Mm-hmm. He's there. Like, you know, I, I went to every doctor's appointment, but I you have no idea. Like, yeah. you got no clue. And so it wasn't until, like, our pediatrician or the doctor was like, okay, hey, so, you know, her, your wife's feet are throbbing. You should, like, massage them. It's like, you know, I just don't have the intellectual capability to have that inspirational thought on my own. So you... And you're also like a super thoughtful guy. So like, imagine the the guys like we like some of it, we make it really simple and straightforward. Yeah. Like, hey, she might not say it, but she wants you to go to the doctor's appointments. Yeah. You know, yeah. like if it's if it's your third one, like maybe you're taking care of the other kids and you just go to a few of the important ones. But if it's your first baby, go to as many of them as possible, you yeah. know, and my editor was like, well, you know, some guys have jobs and stuff. So maybe we want to phrase it more like that. I'm like, no, no, like, uh-uh. I was like, women no. have jobs too. Yeah. Like she's got to go to every single one. Why don't you also go to every single yeah. one? Like figure <laughs> it out. Like if you really can't go, then you won't go. But at least you'll feel guilty. Yeah. <laughs> True. Know? What is your desired effect with this book, Taylor? I mean, I just hope that it like in- inspires and, and gets men like engaged early on in the process, you know, mm-hmm. like I remember when our first one, it was like the last two months of pregnancy. And I had, you know, been going to all the appointments and stuff with her, a lot. but in like the last like two months, I remember having like a mental, like freak out of like, Oh crap, I'm about to be a dad. And I haven't read anything. I don't know what I'm doing. What's going to happen. You know? So like, and, and also like, I know that there's a lot of the pregnancy books that are really boring. <laughs> so I'm like, I feel like I can, you know, bridge that gap a little bit, bit and make something that's like, you know, attainable and easy and accessible and, and speaks to, you know, speaks in a way that men can like relate and understand, you know, and, and answers the questions that they want to know. Like, are we ever going to have sex ever again? You know, like, you know, it's in there, like, cause they, they you know, it's embarrassing, but hundred percent. Every guy has that question of like, is it over? You know, (laughs) (laughs) I was speaking to my buddy. They have a baby due in five weeks. And he's like, he's like, dude, me and my wife hadn't had naked time in six months. Like since the first trimester, I was like, Oh dang. Oh my God. It's okay. That's supposed to change. (laughs) It's supposed to change second time. I know it's the desert out there though. All right. We'll close with this. I'm curious. Uh, (laughs) Heidi, what are you most proud of for Taylor? And then we'll go vice versa too. Oh my gosh. Uh, Andrew. Um, I'm not, I don't know how to answer that because it's like someone was asking us that question the other day. And I was like, how do you tell some, how do you tell like somebody that you, I don't, that you wouldn't know what to how to live life without just how proud of them and how like incredibly grateful you are that they're in your life. Like, I, I don't, like, I don't get it. Like you're, you're everything. I don't get it. So <laughs> I don't know how you can be everything, you know, but I think, Oh, you trying to say you want to make out. After this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, so I think the, the biggest way to understand like how impactful it is is that there's fathers all over literally the world that are inspired by like what he created and what he did. So I think that's what I'm most proud of is just that like, not only do I see it, like a wife is going to see the things that they love about their spouse, but it's something else for like 
a globe to see yeah. that, you know? So I think that's what I'm most proud of. That's well um, said. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, Taylor. <laughs> um, I'm just, I'm, I'm like the most proud of your authenticity and like you are exactly who you are and anybody that ever sees anything you know with you in it or about you like there is zero like zero veil or it's, it's just you're just 100 authentic authentic that like you're you're who you say you are you you're who everyone thinks you are um and i think that's why people like you better than me <laughs> but that's why i like you better than me too because you're just you're just real and and like the real person you are is a very generous like thoughtful um human being that's just like a giver thank you well taylor i'm glad you said that because we really just wanted to interview heidi <laughs> yeah. but since you were the one writing the book we decided yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah but it is i mean it's it's great you guys first of all your videos are hilarious mm -hmm. so thank you for that but what's very apparent is the, the comedy and the source of that I think is so sticky and powerful and relatable because it comes from this place of like you guys have experienced the realness of the arguments that you're that you're making skits about now and just everyday life problems and you're not like it's not like Taylor and Heidi are you know skipping through life laughing all the time it's like no you just have this general approach that like hey this is this is good and it, it's all working to, towards the good. So I really appreciate you giving us the time. And for those listening who haven't checked out, do dad, um, we'll link that down below. And also Taylor's new book that he wrote, uh, with Heidi's wisdom, it's called a dude's guide to baby size. Check it out. It's out May and congratulations on everything. Uh, glad to know you now. Yeah. You guys as well. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, I was super stoked to to know we were going to come on a podcast with you. Thanks for taking us to therapy today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we didn't spark any arguments. Uh, seriously. Anyway, this was fun. No, no, no I'm, I feel like we're leaving very connected. Yeah. So like you, you guys have that power. I appreciate <laughs> that. I'm going to go make out now. Yeah. Good. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> all right, real quick for all of those listening out there. We don't ask for a lot of favors, I don't think, babe, do we? No. But we're going to ask you a favor today, all right? If you're listening to Couple Things Podcast on Apple Podcasts specifically, will you please do us this short, quick favor? We want to make sure you're staying up to date with our show, and Apple's latest iOS update has paused downloads for many listeners. And some of you have expressed our latest episodes aren't being recommended to you on Apple Podcasts anymore. So here's how to make sure you're getting your episode. And again, this is for Apple Podcasts specifically. Open up that podcast app on your iPhone. Search Couple Things and tap Our Shows icon. And then in the top right corner, you might see a plus follow symbol. If you do, tap it to resume following the show. If you get a prompt to, quote, turn on automatic downloads, say yes. That way... You'll get all of the episodes. Thank you so much, guys. We're so glad this update was brought to our attention because we want to make sure we're reaching as many of you as we can. Love y'all, and we really appreciate you doing this.